Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is a math teacher by profession. He has calculated the cost of his salvation, the spilled blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, and he has accepted the call, follow the Lord all the way. Jerome Johnson, welcome to the Upward Way. Uh, thank you for having me, Mr. Walters. Um, I, I like that introduction, calculating the cost of salvation. Indeed, thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be on your program today, to share my life journey and my testimony. And hopefully it should be uh, something to strengthen someone's faith and draw someone closer to Christ. Now, as we get started, could you just walk us through your quick journey in terms of what it was that caused you to become a Christian or how did you happen to become a Christian? Well, as far as I can remember, I, from a childhood, I used to go to church. And just to paint a picture, a background picture, I was born in 1980s. That's close before Hurricane Gilbert. And it was a devastated time in which I was born. At the time of birth, I, I was living with my unmarried parents who were both non-Christian. And because of their lack of education or poor education, as one may say, my dad was just working as a gas station attendant and my mom was what you call a higgler. And so my dad lost his job and I was sent to live with my grandaunt in the rural parish of St. Elizabeth. That's when I got introduced to Christianity at the age of three. And so I used to go to church with my grandaunt on Sundays, and uh, that's where, you know, I started to learn about Christ, even though I used to sleep a lot in church and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I didn't understand much about Christianity then. I think at that time, Sunday school was my formal education because I wasn't able to go to church, sorry, go to school until I was about seven when I reunited with my mom and dad. Now, the thing is, spend most of my time in church and uh, at some stage in my life, I start to question the religion, whether or not, you know, it's real. I used to, when I reached teenager, I used to ask myself, why is it, you know, I'm going to church? Because at the time when I leave to live with my parents back in Kingston, my dad got married to my stepmother, who was an Adventist at the time. And we used to, you know, go to Sabbath church and so forth. And we enjoy the community. We enjoy the experience of, you know, being in an environment where, where we're cared for and loved. But it dawned on me, you know, when I became a teenager, why we're going to church? I mean, why I see Sister Pom going to church on Sunday or Saturday and on Monday, you know, <laughs> she's doing something totally contrary to the word of God. Why? You know, Brother Tom, you know, go to church on Saturday or Sunday and he's in the dance hall doing other things. So I used to question things and I used to question, 
you know, the, the life that some Christian uh, depict, you know, out in the world. And uh, I didn't see that level of love that I was, you know, searching for. And uh, I got exposed to some friends who, you know, they were rasters at the time. And uh, I started to draw to the Rasta fate. And uh, I started to learn, dig some more in terms of, you know, what the Rasta fate was all about, which led me to a research, you know, and I got into the Rasta fate. To cut a long story short, I became what you call a Nyabingi Rasta. And I used to go to Papine on Saturdays to, to worship Eselasi. But uh, one thing they don't say, Jesus, they said, Jesus Christ. They don't believe in the word Jesus. They said Jesus. And it, it's quite similar to the Christian religion. However, the worship on Saturday, they don't say Jesus. They said Jesus. Uh, it was like this man would even consider to be a modern day Noah. He think that God um, gave him a vision to rescue the people from something like fire or flood or something. And so I was drawn to that faith. And some people who I told myself that I didn't want to disappoint, they were so disappointed in me, you know. And at the time, my mentor, who was an Adventist at the time, she was my guidance counselor in high school. She learned about, you know, my situation and called me and she was literally crying. And, and that, you know, that touched me in a deep spot, you know, to, to know that I disappointed her. And she got the church to pray for me. She, she got her husband, who was a pastor at the time, to come in and, and, and talk to me. And the thing is, I, I got misled because her husband opened some level of how, you know, the context of scripture and so forth. So I got misled based on certain contexts. I was reading mainly in the Old Testament because that's at the time the Rastas were mainly looking at the Old Testament, that kind of thing. And then I kind of paused my seek on, you know, searching for God, you know, because I said, listen, God, I trying to find you, but I was misled down a path. And this is what brought me now to Christ. Now, let me just get straight to the point. I got a dream, and this dream was so real, I tell you. God spoke to me in a dream. I literally saw myself in this dream, literally running. And it was like what you call Moses on Mount Sinai, like you see the fire of God. I saw the fire of God in a pillar of cloud, while I could see the devil literally behind me in the form of a tree, running to get me. And I could look on the left and the right, and I could see buildings just falling apart. And I was literally running. And I could hear and see God talking to me in an audible voice and said, my child, I'm with you. I'm covering you. I'm protecting you. And I came out of that dream shaken and, and, and I was, you know, in shock and awe. And uh, I could sense that because of my old experience and my journey, I was literally on a wrong road. But God was with me. God was with me. And so I got invited to a church because at the time after I got that dream and all of that thing, I still was not going to church because still God did not tell me exactly which part to take. I know at that point that I was on the wrong part within the Rasta religion, but I was still not sure. So I used to read the Bible and see what you know Jesus was doing. And, and I'm saying... 
my God, I'm not seeing this active in many churches. And so I said, God, if I'm going to go to a church, it must be something active with, you know, miracles, signs, wonders, things happening. And so one of my friends invited me to a church off Reddell's Road where the pastor was, you know, acting the prophetic realm and he called me out and I gave my life and I saw the miracle working of God. And from then on, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Surely walking with the Lord is indeed a wonderful and awesome experience. Now, for my listeners, you would have recognized Jerome mentioned Hurricane Gilbert. So Hurricane Gilbert would have been a Category 4 or 5 hurricane that hit Jamaica around about 1988 when he was just a toddler. And it was the first major hurricane that we faced, we experienced in Jamaica for maybe over 20 years. And so, you know, the island was devastated, but people were also adversely affected. And so it was really traumatizing for those who actually lived through that whole experience. He also spoke about being a member of the Rasta movement. It's really the Rastafarian religion, which started out right there in Jamaica. If you are familiar with the Jamaican culture or um, the Jamaican music, reggae music, you would have noticed that quite a number of Jamaican reggae musicians, they sport what is referred to as the dreadlock, which is a signature hairstyle that is associated with members of the Rastafarian faith, Rastafarian movement, persons like a Bob Marley, Dennis Brown, and other influential Jamaican reggae artists. Jeroma, as you spoke, there is something that I really have to go back to, and that has to do with the fact that sometimes members of the church, these are Christians baptized, whether they go to church on a Sabbath, Saturday, or on a Sunday, they are very religious. They are very sincere on their religious day of worship. But as you mentioned, on other days throughout the week, their lifestyle does not reflect what it is that they portray on their religious day. So what is your advice or your suggestion to individuals like those who we could say are two-faced during the week? They are not living in accordance with the standards of their faith. But on their religious day, they are so holy and righteous. What is your word to individuals like those? Well, it's very simple. The first thing is that uh, these people need to unsubscribe from religion and subscribe to relationship with Christ. That's, that's the first thing, because uh, if you try to stay, okay, just doing something or 10 things, and it's, it's then become a chore. So that's why I say religion. I don't consider myself in any religion, so to speak, but more of a relationship. And out of this relationship with Christ, getting to know Christ more, then you will develop, you know, those fruits or manifest those fruits of the spirit. And, and so it's not what you say, but is what your walk with God is most important. And someone, a pastor said something some time ago, says that, I mean, people can end up turning, turn to heaven, reach the heaven and see Jesus and not knowing that's Jesus because they know about God, but they did not manage to know God. So when once you build that relationship with Christ, you get to know him. And, uh, and so out of that relationship, you'll, you know, manifest those fruits of the Spirit. And I believe that um, it's not something that you pretend or you, you try to act. It's not like 
a movie that you're trying to do, but it's something that you you do daily, like having a one-to-one talk with God daily, you know, reading his word and see what this script says, because the Bible says a basic instruction before leaving earth. So it's just like a guide. So use that as your guide to see how you must act and operate in the world. That is quite an interesting way of putting things and also powerful. Just to ensure I got it correctly, you said unsubscribe from religion and subscribe to Jesus. Is that correct? Yes, subscribe to the relationship with Jesus Christ. All right. And so my listeners, you have heard it from, we'd say, the horse's mouth. There is something that you also mentioned a bit earlier, which I am getting back to. You spoke about getting a dream from God or God spoke to you in a dream and he outlined a few steps that you needed to take. So in terms of speaking to us, we know that God speaks to us in various means using different methods. So what medium does God most often use whenever he communicates with you? Well, God is constantly talking and he, he speaks to me through different medium. Most importantly, as I mentioned, dreams. God speaks to me through dreams. He speaks to me through people, through experiences, and even mentors as well, he speaks to me through. I'll just give you one example, another example of a dream. When I was living in Jamaica and I I decided that I want to, you know, migrate, I was looking at different places, U.S., for an example, I was looking at, you know, to, to migrate to at the time. And so I was so convinced that I'm, I was going to the U.S. And I spent one summer there just literally spending time with friends and family looking where I would stay and all of that. So I was so convinced. And so I got turned on to, to migrate to the U.S. And then I got through to come to the U.K., but I put it before God and I was wondering if this was the right move for me to come to the UK because, you know, sometimes you're in the mood of doing some things and you're so excited, but then it's sinking to you at some point to question it, to say whether or not um, this is the right move for you. Because when you think about you have to start over your life and doing all these things, you just want to make sure that you have made the right decision. So I put this before God and I kid you not, when I was packing up, I found a diary. And in this diary, I found a dream that I wrote down that some years ago when I was in college. The diary entry says uh, 2007. Now, I was packing up my things to move to the UK in 2017. So 10 years on, I found this diary entry saying that I got a dream that I was living in the UK. And so that was a confirmation to me that I was making the right move. It feel as though that God was talking to me through that diary page at the time when I found it. And the scripture says that hey, write down the vision and see it come to pass. And that's one vision I wrote down and it came to pass. Also to even my wife, my mentor told me that, listen, when you go to college, you're going to meet your wife, you know. And I did tell God some really strong words to say, listen, 
because uh, at the time I, I I love girls and all of these things and 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 I told that God said, listen, if I'm gonna settle down, I need a nice wife, a uh, brown girl, you know, long hair, and not to offend anyone, but I told God specifically what I want, and my mentor told me that you're gonna find this girl in college. And I went to college and I got distracted, you know, was talking to all different girls, didn't even have that on my mind. But when I met my wife and I reflect on what I told God and what my mentor said was exactly based on what I told God and what my mentor said. So in short, God speak to me in dreams and vision. He speak to me through people, also through the word of God. Also, through life experiences as well, I reflect on God speak to me. Okay, wonderful. There are different mediums, different methods. People invest quite a lot of energy you know, into their career. You mentioned going to college, etc. And, you know, the, the focus might be on gaining um, a good job, gaining a, a nice wife, a nice husband, Traveling the world, etc. But sometimes they neglect that spiritual dimension. Now, in your case, how do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth? For me personally, as I mentioned earlier, is this one-to-one relationship. I think that a lot of people don't understand the power of this relationship. Um, so what I normally do, I have an alarm clock that goes off about 4.30 even though sometimes I don't literally wake up exactly at that time because, you know, you, you press a snooze button and, you know, you say give you 15 minutes, you know, to lie in bed or whatnot. But still, I would wake up early in the morning and I, that's the time I reflect on my day. I will find a scripture for the day. And I have this challenge to read the Bible. So I, I did it, you know, once read the Bible off in, in a year, but, even though the challenge says read it off in a year, it took me two years to read off the Bible, the Bible, but still I was able to meet that challenge. And so I have that kind of thing where I'm reading the scripture constantly. And sometimes I will find a book that, you know, given the situation that I'm going through at the time. And as I mentioned, that relationship, once you have that relationship, then you discover other things that will help you along the way. And, and so books like Purpose Driven was really good to me, fundamentally to find purpose and direction, sense of direction. I remember God lead me to this book one point, um, The Missing Dimension of Sex. You know, that was an interesting book, you know, just telling me about, you know, some of the things, you know, what sex is all about. Sex is not just natural, but more spiritual, where, you know, people join in souls together and that kind of thing. And so God normally... Through these, you know, journey, I learn and I grow and I develop to know God more. And oftentimes, so while I'm working out, I'll probably put on something to listen to the word of God, even going to work as well. I have something listening. So every single opportunity that I get, I try to, you know, build my spirit. In essence, what I'm picking up from you is that you try to surround yourself with things that would cause your mind to be in tune with God. And for me, I find that very, very important. Now, as you look back at your journey in the past, was there ever a moment that you would say you felt or you experienced the greatest doubt in God or maybe 
a sense of separation from him or maybe not understanding the direction that he wanted to take you? Yes, um, I've experienced many. And, and currently, I think that I'm going through one at the moment. <laughs> but I tell you this, um, uh, I believe in God and it doesn't matter the situation. I recount last, last summer, I was looking forward to move house. We were not so sure whether or not we must make this move. And me and my wife were prayed and she got a dream exactly like we're going to move to a house on the hill and that kind of thing. And so I pursued this, found somewhere. Based on what my wife got in the dream, it wants to represent, you know, that somewhere on a hill to make matters, you know, most interested. It was closer to close to one of my church system. So we thought, yes, this is God and, you know, it's working well. Normally, for me, if I'm pursuing something, I find a scripture that related to it. And I will confess that scripture. Also, I will talk in faith about the situation. So like my wife, we were watching decorating videos to decorate this new house and everything. What happened? Everything falls through. We did not get that property that we so wanted and we were putting it before God. I'm saying, God, why? I mean, we got a dream. Everything seems so real. Uh, this is what you wanted for us. And it, it hit my wife big time and it hit me. Not only that, my children were going through some situation and it was in the time of lockdown. And so many things were, were in the balance at the time. And so it made me question my faith, to be honest. I was looking and, and searching and seeking, and it's like God was just silent. I could not hear anything. And uh, what changed everything, I, I, I started to look somewhere, look for other places. Then we did not manage to secure anywhere. I mean, everything was disappointment after disappointment. And I'm saying, God, I mean, I, I thought you meant we need to move. But every time I, I, I think back about the whole experience, I think to myself, then, God, is it that you really want us to move or not? But every time I reflect, I realize I was not at peace with myself in my spirit. So I know at this point that God was taking me through an experience of growth. It's like he kind of stepped back to see what I'm going to do. But my indicator there was that I was not at peace with myself and everything. So I still pursue that thing, even though I was disappointed, even though I felt like God was not there. And uh, when we eventually found a property, we thought we will not get truth for it because it was so grand. It was so beautiful. So many people wanted it because at this point I reached the end of myself now, seeking God, confessing and trying. I said, God, I mean, I don't think I will ever get through to this place, especially uh, with the color of my skin as well. I see other white people viewing this property. So I said, God, I don't think I will get through for this one. So I was in the process of settling for something else and then I got called for this property. I thought I would not go through far. So sometimes you are in a situation or you're in a, what you call a wilderness situation and you'd be maybe disappointed. And I think that disappointment is really for your growth and development. Also too, it's for God appointment for something even greater. And so out of that experience, it, 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 it's helped me. It's built my faith in God. And it's also built me to discern more. 
as I listen to you recounting that experience, the scripture verse that readily comes to mind is the one that says, nothing is impossible with God. In continuing on this theme of challenges and difficulties, what would you say would have been one of your greatest challenges? And also, what was your strategy in overcoming this particular challenge or these particular challenges? There are many challenges, you know. As human beings, we experience challenges and it helps us to grow. For me personally, I fear public speaking. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was asked, you know, by my church in the UK to preach and, and I shied away, to be honest, although I haven't taken up that, that mantle and, and that's something I'm looking into right now. And uh, there are many others as well, but I believe that, you know, with God's grace and knowing his word that will, you know, build our faith more. And so I reflected on not able even to take up that mantle of going in front of congregation and preach, but I'm in the process of, you know, building my faith to get there to that destination because I was asked by the elders to do this, but then I question it and says, listen, when you have this relationship with God, it's, it's like a horizontal and a vertical relationship God will speak to you through. So God will speak to you directly. That's a vertical relationship. The horizontal is people. And so someone spoke to me to say, okay, you know, you need to share a word. But then in my vertical relationship with God, I did not feel that discernment from God to say, this is the time. The time was not right at the time. And so I kind of turned on the offer, but then I'm, I, I'm still questioning it, that if, if this is, some fear that I have because I have fear of public speaking. So that's why I haven't done it. But I have overcome many before because I remember even teaching at Overlin, I was called upon to do devotion and share the word of God. And I did it well. And so before doing all of those things, I, I struggled even just to come here and to do this interview. I did struggle. But, I mean, the word of God reminds me that I have not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that kind of encourages me to overcome my fears. Indeed, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. It so happens sometimes that we think about God as this austere individual who doesn't have a sense of humor and we look at him to say he's just waiting for us to make a mistake and then he will just punish us but God does have a sense of humor now in your own experience have you ever had an occasion with God that just had you cracking up with laughter when you look at how things unfolded well <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one you know, to be honest, I, I, I still have not found that experience, you know, cracking up with laughter. I, I'm still looking for that experience, but uh, I believe that most time though, when, when things happen, I marveled, I'm baffled to how God worked it out mysteriously. Because even me coming into the UK and, and, and see how God has changed my life so much, it made me reflect deeply. You know, why me, God? I mean, I cannot do anything to qualify myself to, to be so privileged. 
it's not really anything grand or anything that will cause me to laugh, but it caused me to reflect deeply the grace that God have for me and the things that, you know, God continued to do for me. Um, also, you mentioned a few mentors that you would have had throughout your lifetime, etc. But if you could give God thanks for one person, or if you want to add more than one, it's up to you. But one person that, you know, who has really impacted your life, who would that person be? Or who would those persons be? There are many people. There are many people to begin with, honestly. First of all, my, my earthly mother, my stepmother who has been there for me through thick and thin through those former years, foundation years. But most importantly, as I recounted this situation with when I was a Rasta, my guidance counselor, uh, Miss Ruth O'Harley, she was an Adventist, or she still is an Adventist. She was there for me because uh, this is this lady who I used to sit with every single day to talk to about life, you know, on a whole and so forth. And, and so she was instrumental in me you know, finding back Christ, going back on that road. So, so, and she and her husband as well, they prayed for me. Uh, she got the church together to pray for me at the time. And also this guy, he's now director of road safety units. Can you hear? He was instrumental in terms of, you know, finding a church at a time when I you know, got distracted and was the underground part. I got the vision from God, but still I was not so sure, you know, which church to go. And and so he took me to this church and he was there with me. And we were used to, we used to minister to people in different communities and different garrison eras as well. And he's still there in my life even now. And also my mentor from high school, uh, Miss Ruth Aldo, she's still there sometimes we, we talk. And many others as well, men of God, you know, my pastor, Apostle Andrew J. Scott in Jamaica, great man of God who teach me the word, not just preach to me, but teach me the word without fear or favor. And, and there are many other mentors that are out there in the world that I listen to. I think Miles Monroe is one of my favorite, you know, Creflo Dollar, and many other pastors, men of God, I look up to. Deeply, those people kind of, you know, help me along the way to understand certain key topics in the Word of God, not just preaching, but teaching to me, you know, some key words. So I thank God for them, man. I thank God for my wife. She has been dear to me, dear for me. Really, you know, keep me in check, man. Sometimes, you know, I want to pull out of line, but you keep me there. Yeah, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful even for my children as well. The little things, you know, they taught me, you know, how to appreciate, you know, life and everything. You know, all of these things humble me and make me the man that I am today. Amen. Quite an extended list of individuals. And I know there are many other persons that you could have uh, highlighted or you'd have wanted to highlight, but time would not permit. And so for my listeners, and I'm speaking specifically now to friends of Jerome, I, I, I am sure he's giving God thanks for all of you who would have contributed to his growth and development, but time would not allow. And so do not feel bad that your name was not mentioned just there right now. In, in terms of reflecting now, sometimes, you know, individuals struggle with their faith. Others struggle with the belief in and the existence of a God. 
for whatever reason, they, they may contemplate, you know, does God really exist? And if he exists, does he really care? But what would you say to someone who finds themselves struggling, you know, in, in terms of conceptualizing, accepting, believing in the existence of a God? What is your advice to them based on your own experience? What I would say to this person is to first of all, talk to God. I mean, just like how I am now talking to you, like how we having this conversation, tell God exactly how you feel. Tell God your situation. Just, just talk to him and say, well, God, I mean, I don't know if you're real. Reveal yourself to me. Tell me the church that I must go to. Tell me whether it's Christianity or whatever spirituality you're seeking. But first of all, you need to, you need to say this to God or to whatever being that you think exists. Just say it out loud. Tell God how he needs to reveal it to you, whether it's by a dream or through people. Because even though when I started to go to this church that I mentioned, I did ask God, God, is this the right church? And I got a dream. And, and in this dream, a lady came to me with two Bibles. The lady says, that church that you're going to, don't stop going there. So everything that you're doing, question God. And ask God for confirmation. And he will lead you in the right path. It first must start from with you. You don't need anyone to push you or force you. But start to have this conversation. And I believe God will lead you in the right path. Because that's where I got started. It's not people telling me, okay, Christianity is the right one. But I started to having these conversations. To say, God, I need you to show me for myself which path I need to take, which route is the right road for me. And I was on that journey by reading things. God lead me to read different Bible. God lead me to people and God lead me to different places and so on. And so that's where it started from, just starting to just have that sincere conversation. And I kid you not, God will start to open things to you. God will start to lead you down a right, right path, even though, you may get distracted, probably, possibly end up in the wrong path. God will always redirect you, just like how he, he redirect my roads. And so I believe you will not be disappointed, but take up that challenge. If you're questioning which road to take, take up that challenge, not tomorrow, today. Question the Lord. You know, some persons would say you, you should not question God, but he said to us in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 8, come now and let us reason together. Is there something that you feel that God is inviting you to do just now? What would that be? And also maybe who would that serve? In reflecting on that question, to be honest, I, I believe that God is calling me to preach or to teach the word of God, but I keep on shying away. <laughs> and just like Moses, when God called Moses, Moses find all kinds of excuses that, you know, I'm just a stomach guy. I stutter so much. So why me of all persons? And, and, and many men of God, you know, kind of shy away until more and more becoming a reality. More and more people are saying, you know, I think you should do this. I think you should do this. You're hearing it coming out of the voice of many people saying that I think you need to start to do this. And I am questioning myself, but God, you know, I don't have the time. I'm not prepared for this. And so more and more it becoming real. So I know that God is calling me for ministry to take it more deeper to another level. 
And I'm answering that call. I'm not 100% there as yet, but I believe that's where God is calling me. Also, to in terms of giving back, I feel so strongly to give back to Jamaica and Jamaican education system, especially. So out of that process, giving back, I think that I'm going to reach out to youths because there, there are so many misguided youths. I remember growing up in the Garrison political stronghold era in Jamaica that was prone to crime and violence. And I was exposed to so many things. But the mentors that I had around me kind of give me a sense of direction. And so that's what is missing. A lot of youth does not have any good mentor to guide them or to encourage them to show them a different path. And I believe I want to give back to the system in so many different ways, in a tangible way, and also in a way that empower and strengthen youth and redirecting their roof. Now, Jerome, how do you like the, the term JJ ministry? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that's a good one now because uh, all my life, everything is J. Hey, my first name start with J, my middle name start with J, my surname is J. So I, they, I've always called Triple J. You know, everything, my daughters, all of them, their names start with J. So, yes, JJ ministry is really a good one. But I think at the right time, I will put it before God and God will confirm, you know, which road to take or the name of the ministry. But it's not something that I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm going to take on myself to say, oh, I'm going to start a church or whatnot. But to support any man of God, there is God lead me to support. And, you know, just to be a voice, you know, in his kingdom, a loud voice that anchor the, answer the call. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God is calling you to give back. Preaching God's word is not only on the platform, as I, I'm sure you are well aware, you know. I, I must say thanks, uh, Jerome. To my listeners, we have been speaking with Jerome Johnson. He is a math teacher by profession. And as we would have listened to him earlier, he has calculated the cost of his salvation, the spilled blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, and he has accepted the call to follow the Lord all the way. Just before you go, do you have a parting word for our listeners? Uh, my parting word would be one of my favorite scripture is Matthew 20, Matthew 6, sorry, verse 33 that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added, not some things, not a few things, but all things shall be added. And I believe that some people are in what you consider as a wilderness experience right now, given lockdown and all that is happening around the world. And so a lot of people are being tested with their faith. So just to encourage some people to say, listen, just keep on seeking God. Don't worry about anything. All things shall be added. And also the word of God says that in they that wait upon the Lord, all right, they shall run and not be weary. Right. So, so, so the word of God is so powerful and it's something that we need to, you know, think about daily, consistently declaring in our life. And so one of the things that I've been declaring is that I declare that I am blessed and highly favored. I have power. I have love. I have a sound mind, a physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall by any means harm me. So in this climate or this situation where one becomes fearful of the coronavirus, confess the word of God over your life. 
daily. Read Psalms 91 as well to equip yourself. You know, you're underneath the shelter of the Most High God. You're protected. So that's the prescription for life is word. And so once we start to confess it and activate it over our life and declare it over our life, we'll see changes. We'll see difference. And, and, and I kid you not, God will not disappoint you. God will not disappoint you. Be blessed. Amen. A mouthful to digest. Thanks for tuning into The Upward Way. Do join us again next week as we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. You've been listening to The Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world. 